heart, can you believe this, nine of this is us. We have preached that this is us, we give. This is us, we give first, first fruits. This is us, we love. This is us, we connect. This is us, we have favor. Little sweet, I don't know why I want to talk like little sweet. Little sweet says we got favor. Some of y'all don't know who little sweet is. This is us, we praise. Oh, we going to praise up in this house. This is us. We are planted. How many is going to bloom where you're planted? This is us. We believe. How many of us, we believe in Jesus. We believe in the Bible. Today, first one on your notes is this. This is us. We are focused. This is us. We are focused. Everybody say focused. Look at your neighbor and tell him, you better be focused. See, the, the power of understanding focus is critical in your life. Because here's what you need to know. You cannot get where you're, you need to be going if you can't see where you are going. Are you hearing me? How many of those God's got a place for us to go? Come on, church. I know you ain't shouted yourself out and you ain't got no shout left in you. I said, how many of those God's got a place for us to go? Huh? Hey, hey, I need, I need two of you guys on this front row. Go sit over by him. Go sit over by him. This, this, my, my OCD is kicking in. I need this to be even. Y'all get over. Get over there. Even it up. Even it up. All right. All right. All right. You come back there now. Now, stretch out. Stretch out. Y'all stretch out. Okay, come on. Everybody stretch out. Stretch out. Okay, now I feel better. My OCD's good. See, see look, if y'all care about my, your pastor being focused, you'll never let these front two rows be empty, okay? I don't know why everybody's packed up in the back back anywhere because this is where it's hot and heavy up here. So y'all need to, next Sunday, y'all need to try to find a seat up front. I'm ready for our church to be fighting for the front row. On, Michael, see, get up here. Get up here. Get up here and sit on this front row. Get up here. You get up here too. Come on, son. Get up here. Get up here. In fact, some of y'all that normally sit on the front row, get on the second row. Get on, move, move. Get on the second row. Get on the second row. Get on the second row. I need some new front row people. I need some new front row people. Huh? Huh, get up here. How many, how many wants to sit up on the front row? Come on up here right now. Come on, get up here. Get out, get up here on the front row. Come on. There you go. Come on up here. Delane McCurry, get up here on the front row. Get up on the front row. Come on, come on, come on. All right, there you go. There you go. Now, I'm not telling you that's your seat next week because I might have it reserved for somebody else, but today is where you're at. Oh, and another thing, I know I'm not trying to beat you up really bad online, but you can't do that because you're online. <laughs> If you was here, you could sit on the front row. Proverbs 29, 18 says this in the King James Version. Then I'll read it from the New King James, which I typically preach for. But the King James, I love it because this is what I memorized. Where there is no what? Vision. Somebody shout vision. When there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Proverbs 29, 18 in the New King James Version says where there is no revelation. Everybody say revelation. revelation. The original language, the original uh, Hebrew says where there is no prophetic utterance. Look what else it says in the New King James. Where there is no revelation or no prophetic utterance, the people cast off all restraint. The Amplified Bible says the people cast off all restraint and run wild. 
Are you hearing me? So in other words, when you shake your head at the condition of this world, all they're doing is responding to a nation that has lost its vision and has lost its focus. When you lose your focus, when you lose your vision, you will run in multiple different directions because you have no purpose and you have no means to be able to navigate to get where you're supposed to be going. Oh, I'm preaching good. See, I got good news for you. At SRC, we are focused. You didn't hear me. We ain't at some church that's just blindly getting up every Sunday and just seeing, you know, wherever the wind blows us. We have a purpose. We are focused. Now watch this. Holy Ghost can mess up our agenda any day. But I promise you this. On the back side of my little tablet here, every single Sunday you'll see an order of service. You'll see things that God has put in my heart and you'll see sometimes you'll see me walk over and grab a pen and start writing it because God is beginning to speak to me some other things that he wants to say and do in this house. We, have, we are focused on something in this house. And here's another good news for you. If you can't see where you're going, if you've lost your focus, good news, you're in the right place because your pastor can see. So I may not be able to see everything that you need to see for your life, But if you'll allow me to be your spiritual father, I can see where we're going and I will help you navigate your life. That's what we call doing life together. Equipped by the word of God, not by the words of Larry Raglan, but by the words of of, of God. I can help you if you want to be helped. But I can't help you if you don't want to be helped. Preaching better than you shouting. See, when you are a person of focus, watch this. You are not distracted by what is not in your focus. Hmm? How many knows if I'm looking over here at Jonathan, there is absolutely, unless I hear a commotion, there's absolutely no way. Let me make sure I look it over at Robert's over there. there. Robert, start doing something right now. I don't know what he's doing, but watch this. All y'all are distracted by him, right? Huh? But I'm not distracted by him. He might be doing the moonwalk right now. I have no idea what he's doing. But I could tell you right now, it doesn't matter what he's doing because I ain't focused on him. I'm focused right here. But if I am supposed to be focused right here and I'm trying to see him in my peripheral vision, how many knows I can look straight this way? Now, Jonathan, you and Robert start doing something, start moving around and doing something. Now, watch this. I'm trying to stay focused, but I can still see you ain't doing much, Jonathan. Come on. You're. I'm not trying to call you an old man, but you're older than him. You're going to let an older man outdance you? Huh? Okay, I don't know what that was. Sit down, son. <laughs> now, <laughs> but watch this. Now watch this. I couldn't tell exactly what they were doing, but I could see movement. When I was supposed to be focused here. But it still didn't distract me because I could see this clearly. Do you understand what I'm saying? You only have so much room in your peripheral vision. After that, there is an end to your peripheral vision. Am I right? So it's very important for you to keep inside that realm what God wants you for for your life, what God wants to do in your life. Think about Joseph. Joseph, the coat of many colors, famous in the Word of God. 
God comes to him and gives him two different dreams. And in both dreams, the interpretation of the dream is, is that not only one day will all of your brothers and even your father be under your authority and you will lead them. But it, he didn't understand at that time. But it was also preparing him to be over an entire nation to save his entire people. But how many of us, when you get a word from God, sometimes we want it to happen right then. Am I preaching right? I want to have them right then. But what you don't realize is, see, the palace was his promise. Somebody said the palace was his promise. But it, before he ever got to the palace, he was sold, he was lied on and thrown into a pit by the very brothers that he saw in the dream, which was totally opposite of what he saw in the dream. They asserted authority over him. They beat him up. They threw him in a pit. They took his pretty little coat of many colors. They dipped it in blood. They went back and lied to their daddy and told their daddy that Joseph had been killed by a wild animal. And then they sold him into slavery. So he went from the promise of the palace to the pit. Then he was sold into slavery, was taken into Egypt. He was auctioned off as a slave to the right-hand man of Pharaoh, whose name was Potiphar. He was put in Potiphar's house as a slave. And then, he was, then he's still thinking about the promise, trying to keep his integrity. And then he was falsely accused of making a move on Potiphar's wife when she was the one that wanted to have sex with him. He kept his integrity, ran out in the street, when, ran away from her. She got mad, falsely accused him of raping her. And then he was thrown into prison promise of the palace pit the prison but he was faithful and he stayed focused on the promise and his purpose in the prison come on I could preach a whole sermon on the peas but while he was focused and he didn't lose his focus there he didn't forget who he was in God he got promoted and then when he got promoted, he, he, he was, through the amazing story, go read it, he gets out of prison, and he ends up standing before Pharaoh and interpreting Pharaoh's dreams for him, and then Pharaoh put his favor on him and set him on a throne at the right hand of him, and there he was in his promise, in the palace, and the next thing you know, there's his brothers bowing down to him, not even knowing who he is. There's his, his even his went back, got his father, and all of the people of Israel were protected during a famine because one man, listen, never lost his focus. He wasn't distracted by the pit. He wasn't distracted by the prison. He wasn't distracted. Come on, are y'all hearing me? See, there's another story, and I got to hurry because I get all this out. There's another story about focus that I love. It's found in Acts chapter 16, and it's the story of Paul and Silas. Now watch what happens. Paul and Silas is going around preaching. Here's, here's why you've got to stay focused, because if you're not focused on the right thing, you can be led astray by a wolf in sheep's clothing. Everything that glitters is not gold. Watch what happens. They're preaching. And the Bible says, verse 16, Acts 16, 16. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl, watch this, possessed with a spirit of divination, met us. 
and brought her masters much profit by fortune-telling. This girl followed Paul and us. Watch what she said, though. And cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. That was right. How many of us just because somebody says what's right doesn't mean they're the right one to follow? Because sometimes they know what to say to hook you. We just saw this girl had a demon of divination and was selling her, her fortune-telling demon spirits, making her master's profit. She's going around behind these great men of God and said, Woo, these men are servants of the Most High God. Y'all need to listen to them because what they're saying is true. And watch this, verse 18. And this she did for many days. What was the purpose? To distract Paul and Silas. But Paul, come on somebody. Are you thankful for men of God that can see through the devil's deceiving schemes? This is why we need us. That's why we need a this is us. Somebody shout this is us. Say I'm not doing this by myself. But Paul, watch this, I love this, greatly annoyed. I got news for y'all. I've got annoyed with some of y'all before. Love you, but you still annoy me sometimes. Because what I mean by that is sometimes I just want to slap some oil on your head and just say, would you please just get free of this thing? I need you to get free. But Paul being greatly annoyed. In other words, I'm done. I've had enough. Turned and said, watch this, not to the girl, but to the spirit. Are you hearing me? Because the girl is still, she needs Jesus. And a focused man doesn't blame, because Paul's the same one that says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. He, he understood the girl needs Jesus. To the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. What's this? But when her masters saw that their hope of profit, not prophesying profit, but profit, was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace, beat them, and took them to the authorities. And the scriptures goes on to say that that very day they were put in shackles and in chains and put in the bottom of a prison and a death sentence was passed over both of them that they would be killed the next day for blasphemy. Simply because they set somebody free. But let me tell you something. Most preachers in this day and age that we live in would have promoted her and put her on staff. Because they're more concerned about somebody talking about how awesome they are than about how awesome God is. Because notice what she said. She put all the attention on Paul and Silas. These men are great. These men are anointed. These men are of the Most High God. These men are telling you everything you need to know. So that's how preachers fall. That's how great men of God start off 
truly serving God and they fall because they start letting the compliments of other people infiltrate their soul and they begin to leave. They lose their focus on the reason why God called them to preach and that is to preach the gospel of Jesus and they turn it all on about them. Oh, it's just good preaching whether you like it or not. See, I thought you'd at least shout about that when I started talking about preachers, but now I'm going to talk about you. You missed your shot. Now I'm talking about you. See, they thought the girl was legit. Most people thought the girl was legit. But Paul was focused. Focus will allow you, vision will allow you to see through imitation anointing. See, sometimes talent can disguise itself as anointing. Do you know that some people uh, that was raised in church, uh, they heard the granddaddy talk like this. uh, And every time the mama and the daddy got in church, uh, they acted a certain way. Uh, They had a certain buck and they had a certain hook. uh, And they, come on, somebody. Oh, they couldn't talk. Come on, y'all to be talking back to me on them keys, brother. Come on, brother, talk to me. Give me some organ, brother. Take that piano. You ain't in no Baptist church, brother. Give me a B3 organ. Nothing against the Baptists. Hey! Well, all I got to do is go, ow! Did y'all feel that? But they don't know nothing about the anointing. They don't know nothing about the anointing. They've They've made it all about a ritualistic thing. Are y'all hearing me, church? Y'all want to go home or you going to let me preach? Come on, it ain't but 11-11. How many of those, when you're in stocks and chains, if you focus, the stocks and chains don't distract you. I'm talking about, listen, this, not only was he not distracted in the streets when he was free to minister, he was not distracted. Paul and Silas were not distracted even when they were chained up, had a stock around their neck. Their neck was chained to a wall. Their hands was chained to a wall. Their feet were chained to a wall. Never lost their focus. At the midnight hour, the Bible says, they begin to sing praises unto God. Oh, y'all, y'all ain't hearing me. Feels like, how can you praise him now? Because I'm free, I can praise him. Are you an idiot? You're not free, you're chained up. Let me tell you something. Some of the most free people, even to this day in this world, are in a prison right now. An actual prison. You can go into prisons and preach and feel the gospel of freedom more inside the prisons than you can in some churches. Good God, I wish I had somebody to help me preach. They begin to praise God in the shackles. And the Bible says their praise was so focused that an earthquake came, shook the prison, the chains fell off of them. Come on, somebody. The gate that was locked opened up, and the next gate opened up, and the next gate opened up. Y'all ain't hearing me. When you praise, chains will fall off of you. The jailer had fell asleep. The earthquake woke him up. He grabs his sword because he sees all the doors open. He grabs his sword. He's about to kill himself because he knows they're going to kill him because they let the prisoners get out. And here's Paul still sitting at the same place. He said, hey, I hear what you're about to do. Stop it. We're still here. Change that. That sounds like a funeral. 
Where, where, where's Tatiana and Tamara at? Where y'all at? We're we going to we gonna have, some, have some, some lessons. Come on, y'all. Come on. Come on. Nothing against you, Anthony. You know, you know what I'm saying. And I'm talking about, come, come on. Come, oh, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Here she comes, y'all. Come on. Give me a drummer. Give me a drummer up here. Give me a drummer. I need a bass player. Give me a bass player. I need a bass player. Give me, give me a whole band. I need the whole band. I need the whole band. Anthony, you about to stretch. Get a microphone. You about to sing. Get a microphone. I'm serious. Go get a microphone. Go get a microphone. Go get a microphone, son. Come on. Come on. Come on. Get your microphone. Get ready to sing. Go get, Todd, go get Tamara's microphone. Hallelujah. 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 Huh? Huh? Well, somebody shout focus. We are focused. Slap your neighbor and tell him we are focused. What I tell you, I told you I'm going to stretch you. I'm going to stretch, stretch the band too. Praise God. Is anybody in here, I'm not talking about you like to play the drums and you can keep a beat. How many in here has ever played the drums in a church setting, in a rock band setting, in, a, in any kind of band setting to where you could play with our praise team? If you've ever played the drums before, raise your hand. Hmm? Regina, what? You the drummer? You a drummer, Regina? You did? What? I'm talking about stretching time, baby. Huh? Huh? Why don't you got your hand up? I'm just waiting for you to get your hand up. Okay. Halfway up. You got your hand up? You played the drum? All right. Listen. If any of y'all like to play drums, then start asking God, stretch me and take my drum level playing to the next level because this man needs some help up there. Come on. Come on. Come on. Huh? What's this? I hope I get to this, but it ain't looking good. All right. Hey, Anthony, come up here, Anthony. Come here. You ready? Stand right here, son. Stand right here. You look good, brother. You look good. You look like a wor- He looks like a worship leader, don't he, baby? Come on. Come on. All right. Well, what do you want? What's, what's, your, what's your song? What do you want to say? Come on. Give me, give me a song. T- tell me a song. What do you want to play? Do you know more bundling? No. Huh? I don't. Okay. What song do you know? What song do you know? Some of the songs we just sang today. All right, let's, say, let's put a song up we sang today. We are your burning ones. We're burning ones. We are your burning ones. Here we go. All right, you know that one? All right, here we go. All right. All right. It's in D. It's in D. In the key of D. D, D. Here we go. D, here we go. Here inside your presence. Come on, turn it on. Okay, here you. There you go. There you go. You on now? Come on, come on, come on. Here we go. Come on. Turn him up. Turn him up. Hallelujah. Come on. Yeah. Come on, son. You sound good. Taken by the wonder of you. Oh, 
holy. We are your brothers. Holy. Yes. Holy are you. Hallelujah. saying to you son are you stretchable that mic that you use to talk to the praise team it will not be long that you're not going to be able to do that because you have an ability to harmonize no one has ever heard your voice to harmonize and we're going to have to begin to communicate differently because your voice is needed and you're going to harmonize and your voice come on I feel it I feel it brother I feel it son I feel it This is what the Lord says too. And when you allow yourself to be stretched to that level, that is when the songs that you have cried out to God to give you are going to come. Because you're going to sing them. You receive it. You receive it. Give him a shout of praise right now. Come on. Come on. Come on. Give him a shout of praise. Is that a shout of praise? Give him a shout of praise in this house. Y'all just stay up there. If I gotta, if I gotta stand up and work, y'all do too. Y'all can be seated though. We get to stand. I'm gonna, hit, I'm gonna hit these notes real quick. Y'all ready? Because I got some stuff I gotta just get out of my spirit. Let's fill these things in so you can go home and study these. Next one on your notes is this: We are focused on purpose. Somebody shout! I got a purpose. We are focused on purpose. Romans 8, 28 says this, and we know that all things work together for the good and to them who love God. We know that scripture, right? But we don't ever want to quote the rest of it. To those who are called, who love God, and to those who are called according to what? His, what, what purpose? His purpose. Not your purpose. All things don't work to the good to them that love God. And when you get what you want, it's when you're working towards his purpose. What is his purpose? 1 John 3, 8 says this. 1 John 3, 8 says this. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose. Somebody shout purpose. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. You want all things to work to your good? You need to love God and you need to destroy the works of the devil. It ain't enough just to love God. It doesn't say all things work to the good for them that love God. It says all things work to the good for them that love God and are the called according to his purpose. Are you destroying the works of the devil? If you're destroying the works of the devil and you love God, then every single thing you go through, if you got focus, is for your, is for your good. But if you lose focus and you ain't destroying the works of the devil, then everything's not going to work to your good. I'm preaching better than you shouting. Next one on your notes is this. We are focused on people. We are focused on people in this house. How many knows that God is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end? The one that was and is and is to come. Alpha and Omega means he's the A and the Z. I heard Rod Parsley say years ago, and I've quoted many times, he said, I know you're the A God, and I know you've, you promised you'd take me to the Z, but for whatever reason, I can't never seem to get to the Z because I always get stuck at P, people. He said, he said, the ministry would be an amazing life if it wasn't for people. 
It is an amazing life. Because how many knows you ain't got a ministry without people? Can I get an amen? 1 John 4, 20 says this. If someone says, I love God, but hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? If you hate your brother because of the color of their skin, you're a liar and you're going to hell. If you hate your brother because of, of where they were born, what kind of language they speak, how much money they got and how much you ain't got, if you got jealousy in your heart, you're living in sin. Preaching better than you shouting again. I keep doing that. Y'all need to stop letting me do that. We love people. Next thing on your notes is we are focused on community. Y'all going to see why I'm going through this real fast in just a minute. We are focused on community. Everybody say community. Somebody say community is us. Us is home. Hey, you're going to start working on them songs tonight. I heard the Lord say tonight some of the lyrics that you already have. God said, I'm tweaking them tonight. I'm literally trying to preach, and God interrupts me and tells me to turn around and tell you this, that even tonight, I want you for Danielle, she's going to be your church tonight. I want you to begin to sing over your house, and your dogs are going to probably sing with you. But Danielle and your dogs, and I'm telling you, when you get this song tonight, and it may start tonight, but I'm going to say this to you. Are you receiving from your pastor? By the end of this week, the song will be done. The song will be completely done. Lyrics and music. That's when you contact your worship leader and you begin as a praise team to start working on this song. Before Clint Brown gets here, I want this praise team nailing that song and we're going to sing it on the day he's here. You receive it? Now it's not, it's not bad for you to ask for help, but God said the words and the lyrics and even the melody is coming to you and you're going to get help from your praise team to tweak it, but it's, it's, it's in your heart because you allowed yourself to be stressed. You never dreamed you'd ever lead worship, did you? Ever in your life. But brother, it's the beginning. Does anybody feel what I feel? How many is better for God to start speaking to people in the house and the gift of the prophet to start working? Us is home. Let me tell you something, just because you have a crowd don't mean you've got a community. Some of y'all lived in the same community all your life and you don't even know your neighbor's name. Hmm? SRC family is not just a slogan. We are a family. We are a community. Can I tell you something? Even God models community to us. Togetherness, unity. How many of us we serve one God? But we understand our one God manifesting to us in three persons. The Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. But they are so close in communion with each other that we declare and know there's no separation of them. They're one God. So if God lives in community, dwells in community, operates in community, shouldn't we? But yet we have an entire generation of people who don't think they need the church or need corporate worship anymore. They're just going to be what God's called them to be out there in their world. It's called marketplace evangelism, but here, here's what they, that's what they call it, but that ain't what they're doing. Can, can your pastor be real with you today? Here's what, here's, what, here's what the modern church calls marketplace evangelism. 
how dare you judge me? Jesus ate with the sinners, so that's what I'm doing. I'm going to the club. I'm going. I'm sitting down having a beer with them because you know you get that big debate whether it's sin to drink alcohol or not. So I'm making them feel comfortable developing relationships with them. I'm going to the concerts that are saying f this and f that and all that. I'm hanging out with them. I'm doing life with them. I'm trying to be light in the midst of darkness. Lord, Pastor, you got to understand. My heart is right. I'm just trying to love on these people and do life with them and not judge them. You know what? That's great, but here's the problem. You're, it's an only a one-way relationship with you. You're going to all their stuff, and you're never asking them ever to come to yours. Why not? Why, why are you never in the midst of your marketplace evangelism? Why are you never asking them if you can pray for them? Why are you never saying, hey, man, I tell you what, I'll, I'll go to the concert with you Friday night, but will you come to church with me Sunday morning? Listen, I understand we've got to develop relationships, but don't give me this thing about Jesus ate with the, with the sinners. Yeah, he did. Of course he did. If you ain't got friends that are sinners, then you're in a mess anyway, because how are you going to ever win somebody to Jesus? Ain't nothing wrong with having dinner with the sinners, but guess what? When it came time to hang out and somebody to pour into their lives, Jesus sat with his disciples around the campfire, not around with heathens trying to tell him how to do his life. You need a community where you're making an impact out there, but you need a community as well of people who are making an impact in you. That's good preaching. Next thing on your notes is this. We are focused on the kingdom. In this house, we are focused on the kingdom. Do you know why we are focused on the kingdom? Jesus is focused on the kingdom. Do you know why we preach about the kingdom here? Jesus preached about the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is like a man that went forth to sow seed. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of man. Are you hearing me? The, the kingdom of, of the Lord. Jesus preached on the kingdom. Repent for the kingdom is at hand. Kingdom. One of the most famous scriptures is telling the story of Esther. Esther's one of the most powerful stories. It's a story of deliverance. It's a story of deliverance of a people. And this was what was said to Esther because it was a frightening situation of what she was going to have to do. She's got to risk her life, possibly could be killed and murdered, to go before the king to preserve the lives of the Jewish people. But watch this. Some of you that want to sit on the back burner. Some of you that want, don't want to rock the cradle. Some of you that want to have a silent witness, which, which is a word that the devil created and injected into the church. Because if you're a silent witness, you're not a witness. I'm not saying that you, your lifestyle should not witness for you. But every once in a while, if you can talk and you're not limited, and watch this, even if you can't talk, you can sign, you can write something on a piece of paper. You're supposed to be telling people about Jesus. Do you still love me, your pastor? This is, what, this is what was told to Esther. For if you remain, watch this, completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. In other words, God's going to do what he's going to do with or without you. But don't you want to be a part of what he's going to do? So he's going to do it with or without you. I don't know about you. If he going to do it anyway, I want to be a part of what he's doing. But you and your father's house will perish. In other words, deliverance will come to the Jewish people, but you will have to stand back and watch God do it while you 
were afraid to jump in and be stretched. Yet who knows? Look at your neighbor and tell him, who knows? We don't know, but God knows. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Well, somebody say, it's that time. It's that time. Somebody say, it's that time. I say this is us we are kingdom kids oh here's the next one y'all ain't gonna like it here we go we are focused on serving I'm gonna tell you something I'm gonna be real with you this morning if you ain't serving you ain't in the will of God if you ain't serving you ain't in the will of God watch this how do I know that how many knows Jesus is our example? Somebody say, I want to be like Jesus. Well, Mark 10, 45 says this, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Wait a minute, why? Well, that's Jesus, though. Of course he came. No, 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 no. He was, te- it says, for even the Son of Man came. For even the Son of Man came. Meaning, trying to tell us, that if he served, who are we to say that we ain't got to serve? Now, I know this ain't proper English, but I got a question for you. Are you us? Somebody say, this is us. Are you us? Are you SRC? Are you king? Are you saved? Are you SRC? Are you kingdom? Are you saved? Are you serving? If you couldn't say yes to that, then you need to deal with that today. You need to deal with the fact that you said yes, that you is us, that that you is SRC, that you is kingdom, but you ain't serving. You got to ask yourself why. Why? Don't you want somebody else to have what you got? Don't you want somebody else to experience what you experienced? Don't you want God to use you to lead somebody to freedom? Is that the last one? All right. How many more I got? One more. One more. All right. I'm going to get to that in a minute. See, here's the problem with focus. It's a vision issue. I need four people that's got really bad eyesight, that's wearing glasses, not contacts. Now, I know my daughter's blind as a bat. She got it from her daddy. Now, Delane, he's had surgery, but when we was in high school, he said, I, I'm blind in 37, what did you used to say? <laughs> I'm blind in 37 states and two territories. All right, if you got really bad eyesight and you wear glasses, I want you to stand by the third row. 
about the third row. I need, I need two more people with really bad eyesight that wear glasses to show up. Come on, Brother Bob. Somebody say, be like Bob. Oh, wait a minute, there ain't room enough for four of y'all. Y'all come stand up here, y'all side by side. Up here, come on up here in the front so y'all can be side by side right here. Come on, come on. Right there in the front of the first pew. Right there, side by side. I'm going to take you to the eye doctor today. I need everybody to take off your glasses. Y'all don't help now. So here lies the problem. When you ain't got proper focus. Now, it's like the eye doctor. Now, can you see that first letter? If you can, raise your hand. Y'all can't see the first letter? That's good. That's good. Can't see the first letter, y'all. Those that can see the first letter, can you see that second line and tell me what second line is? Can't you see the second line? Hey, child, well, you ain't supposed to say it. You're supposed to say yes or no. Can you read the third line? Yes or no? Eh. Fourth line. <laughs> he said there is a fourth line. Now, now I want to show you something. I want every one of y'all to swap glasses. Because immediately the thought is, well, I just need some glasses. Put somebody else's glasses on. All right. <laughs> now, now, Scott, can you, I know you already know what it is, but can you see that letter clearly? <laughs> Chris, can you see the level clearly? Not knowing that what you can tell me, but can you see it clearly? Okay. What about you, Bob? No. Can you see it clearly? Nothing. Okay. All right. Now, everybody put your own glasses back on. Everybody put your own glasses back on. Now, how many of you can see this first letter? Raise your hand. Second letter. Now, here's what I want to show you. What is the common denominator between all four of these people who have to wear glasses that changed their focus, their vision. Did the object change? Did any part about this change? The only thing that changed was their ability to see it. Are you hearing me? You hear me, church? Now, watch what happens. We will get dependent on glasses, thinking that if I just had my glasses. You ever left your glasses at home, forgot all about them, and was in a situation that you really needed to see something, you couldn't find your glasses, and you looked over at somebody else and said, can I borrow your glasses? Has anybody ever had that? Watch what happens. There is the, the small occasion that they got pretty close same prescription to you, but most of the time they don't have the same to you. And you usually go like this, whoa, whoa. And it might help you, but you got to take a moment 
Are you hearing me? For your focus to adjust to something that is not supposed to be on you. And you still can't see the way you're supposed to see because those glasses were not made for you. So what happens when you come to church, if you're not careful, you will idolize someone else's anointing and you will say, if only I had what they have, you will start saying what they say, do what they do, act like they're acting so that you could possibly see what they see. But you can't see what I see because you ain't been where I've been. Y'all didn't get it. See, you see these preachers on TV and they got thousands and thousands of people in their church and they're waving their hands and hundreds of people are falling out of the power of God and you cry out and pray, God, I want that anointing. And God says, well, you're going to have to go through the hell they had to go through to get that anointing. Some of y'all care more about the fact that I just said they got to go through hell to get it than what I just said. That's all you can think about right now. And most, the old saying says, if you're going through hell, keep going. So you'll come out the other side. Come on. Now, what's what happens to every one of their focus? See, here's the difference. Those glasses that you're wearing are man-made results for you, man-made help for you to see, right? But watch this. Things change when you got somebody bringing the object even closer. Now, how did that, did that change? Can everybody see? How many of y'all can see even this last line? Can you see it? So, let's read it together. How many, how many out here can even see it? All right, if you can see it, let's read it together. This is us. Focus 25. Hey, come on, somebody. This is us. Time to focus 25. Time to spread. We're trying our best. We're putting our glasses on everything in the natural. Holy Spirit says, you do what you got to do in the natural. But when the Holy Spirit moves, he brings it right up to you. Now, can you read that, brother? Can you take your glasses off? Can you still read it? Absolutely you can. You know why? Because it's closer. Because now some of y'all so blind you couldn't read it if it was right there. But how many knows for most people, there is a spot. There's a sweet spot. There's a sweet spot. How many's ever picked something up and had to do like this? And then, and then you get it just right. You go, okay, okay, that's it. You, you know people that it's like this. And then there's some people like this. But there's a sweet spot. Let me tell you what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit will bring your purpose into the sweet spot. Yes. Come on, give him a shout of praise right now. You can't see it. Thank y'all. Y'all can see it. Thank y'all. You can't see it. 
Watch this. If you if you looking right here, and you looking at all the things, Michael, I want you to just look at that pulpit. Look at that pulpit. Can you read this now? Don't don't look, don't look over here. Are y'all trying to get what I'm teaching you today? We're saying, God, we want to do what you're calling us to do. And we're looking over at somebody on Instagram. We're sitting up late watching TMZ and all these other things that everybody else is doing with their life. Everybody dreamed, living their dreams out, got multi-millions. And we're spending our time watching somebody else live their life. And we can't even see what God is trying to do in our life. Watch how simple everything changes when Michael turns his head. Now you don't care what they're doing on TMZ. Because you've got your own TMZ. Now people are looking at you thinking, how in the world did you get where you're at? Your son is looking at you saying, I want to be just like my daddy. You hear me? I see you holding your boy playing with your boy let me tell you something you are pouring something into your son let me tell you something your son sees the love of a father I've watched I've seen pictures of him looking in your eyes focused on you because he's watching you son he's watching you right now you are the only God that he even knows anything about I'm proud of you you a good daddy you a good daddy see some of y'all didn't even know he had a boy he got a boy he raising him up to love the Lord Proud of you, son. Proud of you. Proud of you. Proud of you. You a focused daddy. No matter what you had to go through, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, it don't matter. Ain't nothing you've done or ever said disqualifies you from a great father. You're a great father. I got news for you. One day you're going to be a great husband. You're going to have a great woman that's going to love you for the man that you are. Several women in this church just went, okay, Jesus, I hear you. Okay, Jesus, I'm listening. I'm listening, Lord. Adjust my focus, Lord. Huh? It's 11.43 if you're taking medicine. I'm telling you right now, Solid Rock Church is up to something. God is up to something in this house. Thank you, preacher. That was my introduction. I got 45 minutes. See, some of y'all been thankful. I've done heard some of y'all say, Pastor, I'm thankful. I get to go into the restaurant and sit down a lot faster than other church people because they're already gone. Because you keep us long. I'm doing you a favor. For, real fourth. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. On April 7th, a man of God is coming to this house named Clint Brown. Bishop Clint Brown. That night in this house, his wife, Kendall Brown, is going to preach at a women's conference in this house, Women of Destiny. How many women's going to come that night at 6 o'clock? Come on, ladies. Come on, ladies. That was weak. Because some of y'all are like, well, I've done seen we ain't no child care. How many men in here is going to step up and take care of the baby so their wife can go? Come on, men. I need to hear my man. Hoo, 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 hoo. I said that because I've told y'all this before I'm going to tell you again I'm coming to a club that man Clint Brown has blessed me more than I can say I had never seen this man in my life until November 1st just last year never 
never had a conversation with him at all until the middle of a decent conversation with him ever in my life other than shaking his hand on November 1st and 2nd taking a picture with him afterwards after that conference never had a lengthy conversation with him about ministry until even the week after that this man pastors a massive beautiful amazing church in the middle of the biggest construction project for his church that they've ever experienced in the history of their ministry he travels every week to a different city in America sometimes two cities per week on a plane most of the time by himself flies back in to preach most of the time on Sunday mornings at his church is that my mic and but yet finds the time and I'm sure I'm not the only one yet still finds the time to talk to me every week can I tell you something for a pastor the two busiest times of their life for most pastors believe it or not on the Saturday that's your weekend your day that's usually a very busy day for most pastors because we're in full preparation we're not hopefully pastors you're not getting your message thrown together on Saturday but you're fine-tuning it you're thinking about things that are gonna happen the next day but the busiest day would you agree for a pastor is Sunday so this morning he usually calls me on Saturdays and I don't mind if, if there's a Saturday or two that he misses. I mean, I understand this man is extremely busy. And I'm, I'm not a needy person like that either. I'm always honored and blessed when he does call or text. This morning, before church on a Sunday, and keep in mind, he's on Eastern time. So he's an hour ahead of me. So he's already probably either on his way or in the building. He calls me and says, hey, man, I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to talk to you yesterday. Tell me what you're going to preach today. Tell me what Solid Rock is going to get today. That's what I'm preaching. This is us. Focus. And just like every week, he said, can I tell you what God, I think God's telling me right now. And he just starts speaking into my life. I'm on the phone with him for 20 minutes on a Sunday morning. I went upstairs, my wife heard me talking to somebody in the basement. She thought it was somebody else. I said, that was Bishop Clint. He said, she's like, what? I said, yeah. I said, on a Sunday morning. Let me tell you what that does. That shows me his heart for pastors. So I want to give him honor. I'm about to make a post online about just how quickly God can bring the right people into your life at the right time. Because of him, I now know Rod Parsley, who messaged me this week saying on text, Rod Parsley said, listen to this now, I'm excited. I can't wait to October. We are, I am so excited. We're going to change some lives for Jesus. Come on, somebody. That was because of my relationship with Clint Brown. This is what he said to me. So I'm, give, I'm saying all that to give him credit. Next time I preach it, I'm taking all the credit. said, let me tell you, there's four different types of eye problems. One is nearsighted. He said, in your church, you have nearsighted people. How many nearsighted people? Raise your hand. This ain't no setup. I ain't about to blast you. Come on. Nearsighted. Nearsighted people 
in the natural are called that, but in the spiritual, that's what he said, son, in the spirit, night, uh, nearsighted people are people who can only see where they are. They do not have the ability to see beyond because they can't get over what they're going through right now. God said, the nearsighted people in your church needs a focus adjustment. Because God wants to deal with where you're at, but he doesn't want you to live and dwell and spend the rest of your life worrying about where you're at. Because where you're at is not where you're going to be. Can I get an amen? Think about this. The story of, of Elisha and his, and his assistant. They're in the tent. Gehazi, his assistant, goes outside, looks up, and the mountains are filled with, with enemy soldiers on horses with spears drawn about to attack the prophet and kill the prophet. He freaks out. This is in your Bible. He runs back in the tent. He says, Lord, we're surrounded. Hundreds and hundreds of soldiers are about to kill us, and it's just me and you. Watch what happened. He was nearsighted. Because the Bible said God spoke to the prophet and the prophet said, Lord, open his eyes so that he might see. Adjust his vision. And the Bible says his assistant went back outside the tent and his eyes were open to the spirit realm and he saw the mountains and the valleys and even all around the tent was filled with thousands of angels with flaming swords drawn protecting the tent. And the man of God said, there are th those that are for us are more than those that are against us. But you've got to look beyond the situation. Are you hearing me? The next type of people is farsighted people. Farsighted people are only the people, that, these are people who never want to deal with where, where they are. They're always saying things like this. Well, I can tell you right now, I believe God is about I always say, you got far-sighted churches that all they ever talk about is, I tell you one thing, I believe God's about, I believe God's about, I believe revival's coming. Listen, there's nothing wrong with pro prophesying that, but if you've been speaking that for 10 years, where is it at right now? How many of those God wants us to be able to deal with the now and the future? I'm not prophesying that revival's coming, I'm saying revival is here. trying to sweep things under the rug and saying it's going to be better, it's going to be better, it's going to be better. Sometimes you need to pull the rug back and deal with the issue. I'm not preaching better than you shout. The third type is the way my eyes are. It's called astigmatism. How many's got astigmatism? Stigmatism basically is double vision. And it's because your eye is not shaped correctly. So you got to wear contacts or glasses that fool the eye into thinking that it's been reformed into the way it should be. But, but this is also many times a, a temporary astigmatism will come on somebody during maybe they're hit very hard or a collision. That's why they'll say, you give somebody a hit on a football team and they're over on the sidelines and they're putting that thing on, trying to wake them up and they're saying, how many fingers am I holding up? Why are they saying that? Because they want to be able to know if you can focus and tell them, how many, how many fingers am I holding up? But if you got double vision, what are you seeing? Four. So some people have been hit so many times. Coll collision has happened. They have been hurt so many times. 
that has literally reshaped them to where they can no longer see clearly because they're not formed the way they used to be. So they have double vision. They're double-minded. They cannot see what other people in the same room is seeing. They've been hurt so much in the past that they are constantly judging the vision of a house based on something that happened to them in the past. Some of you are scared to death to put a ministry team badge on. Scared to death to go out there in that lobby and tell Amy, I'm ready to serve. Put me where you want me to be. Why? Because you tried that before at your last church and you ended up getting hurt. So you're guarded and you're afraid that you're just going to get hurt again. Or somebody's going to abuse you. Or somebody's going to hurt you. Or somebody's going to take advantage of you. You've got spiritual astigmatism. You've allowed past pains and collisions and hurts to reshape you to where you can't see a vision that really loves you and wants to help you and use you. Not take advantage of you and use you, but see God work in your life. Are you alive? And the last kind of vision problems is what they call macular degeneration. This, this is, affects people over time. Typically, it kicks in around age 40. And it usually is, a, is, is a tied to reading ability. Do you know you can have the surgery on your eyes to where you've got perfect vision, but then hit your 40s and still need readers? How many did that happen to? Several of you have happened to. I, 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 could, I started begging my, do the surgery on me. Cut my eyes up. I hate wearing glasses. He's like, there ain't no surgery for this one. You're old. Huh? So I got contacts in, but technically I'm still supposed to have readers to be able to see even with the contact. Because it's a degenerative thing that happens to every one of our eyes over time. How many of us, every body part in our body has an expiration date? So what happens is these are people in the church who are tired, who are weary, who are battle-worn, who have been faithful for years, who have served and served and served and been hurt and things didn't turn out the way that turned out. And now they're, they're burnout. That's the term we use for it now, we're burnout. And we start saying things like, you know, it's time for this younger generation to pick up and do some of this work around here. You know what? That's true. But God is not through with you. Maybe you just need some readers. Maybe you just need to read. Maybe you just need to, to fuel your mind and remind your mind of who you're supposed to be. Maybe you need to get around somebody that becomes your reader. That is just enough to adjust your sight so that you can see things a little more clearly than you used to be. If, you, if you're an old timer here, and I'm not talking about just age, I'm talking about been serving for a long time, one of the best things you can do is start mentoring a new leader and start spending time with some young person or somebody who just got saved because now are you helping them, but their newness and their freshness and their zeal and their joy will begin to reignite yours and it will begin to remind you of how it used to be for you.